Coming up on today's Locked On Big Ten, we'll recap the weekend in basketball and answer the questions that it brought up. Where does everyone in this conference stand after another bit confusing week as we start the season? It's coming up right now. You're listening into Locked On Big Ten. You are Locked On Big Ten, your daily podcast on the Big Ten Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, welcome into Locked On Big Ten. Thanks for making Locked On Big Ten your first listen of the day every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's episode is brought to you in part by Sonos. Sonos is the official sponsor of ESPN College Football. Go to Sonos.com to learn more. We'll tell you more about Sonos in just a moment. Nate Dickinson with you here, as always, here on Locked On Big Ten. Coming up on today's show, we've got a big, big weekend of Big Ten basketball to recap. All sorts of finals in both Big Ten games and some non-conference games that ended up telling us a bit more about these teams. We'll take a deeper dive in here on the show into those box scores and just the start of the season again for some of these squads here on Locked On Big Ten. Before we get to any of that, though, we'll start off with the news on what you may have missed over the weekend here on the show today. National Signing Day is coming up on Wednesday. We're going to talk more about that on Wednesday's show, but there is plenty of football recruiting news to get to, and we will cover it all. Big Ten teams all over the top of the college football recruiting rankings, as always, for the class of 2022. We'll tell you who has been performing the best out on the recruiting trails later on this week. In other news around the Big Ten, Indiana football has hired an offensive coordinator. I think this might have been actually late last week, but we didn't get to it on the show. It's Walt Bell, the new OC over at IU. We'll talk more about him at some point later this week, too. Looking at some of the basketball finals, again, we're going to get more into this later on in just a minute. Maryland beat Florida at home in a bit of an upset. NC State, after beating Purdue, got beat up on the road by Seton Hall. Minnesota beat Michigan as the Wolverines continue to struggle. And in the ranked matchup of this week of Big Ten games, Ohio State beat Wisconsin bad. More than 15 points again. We're going to talk more about that game and all the others that mattered most in the Big Ten here later on. In other news on the football field, Aiden Hutchinson won the Silver Football Award for the Big Ten's best player all around. Of course, a contentious battle for that spot this season with two Big Ten Heisman finalists and plenty of other players making a name for themselves throughout the last part of the season. I mean, we were talking about Kenneth Walker III, C.J. Stroud's out there. Other people, of course, across the Big Ten putting up big numbers, but it was Aiden Hutchinson who stuck out most and Michigan football who's still competing for that title. So he takes home that award. Speaking of Heisman finalists, by the way, no Heisman Trophy winner out of the Big Ten. Hutchinson and Stroud were both there. There were a couple of awkward moments between them on that night, but it was Bryce Young who took the Heisman Trophy award out of Alabama. So no Big Ten Heisman winner this season. We'll see if there is a Big Ten national champion as Michigan gets ready to face off against Georgia at the end of the month. That's a look at just all of the news around the Big Ten here on your Monday. We're going to be back in talking about everything that went down on the hardwood this weekend, as we've got plenty to get to. It's coming up here on Locked On Big Ten. Today's episode of Locked On Big Ten is brought to you by Prize Picks. Now, Prize Picks is a daily fantasy sports site. So I know what you're thinking. There's a hundred of those already. I don't need to hear about this one. But not only is this another site, but it's one that does things differently, just in the way that you play. 
Price Picks has more college football player options than anyone else out there in the business. So if you want to play daily fantasy, but with college players, I'm talking power five, I'm talking mid-majors. They've got that detailed list of things that you can put your list of props together on. And once you get those fantasy props in, if you end up combining them all together to win, you could end up doubling, tripling, or even more your money that you've got. So head on over to prizepicks.com. Use our promo code locked on for a 100% match on up to $100 on your first deposit or download their app in whatever app store you use. Again, it's prizepicks.com, our promo code locked on to let them know that we sent you. Let's talk for a minute about kicking things up a notch for the big game, the grand stage, the Super Bowl. Super Bowl 56 at SoFi is less than 100 days away, and On Location, the official hospitality partner of the NFL, is the only place to score a once-in-a-lifetime Super Bowl ticket and experience package to the big game. Select your exact seats and choose from elite experiences featuring an exclusive pregame celebration with college stars turned NFL legends Troy Aikman, Marcus Allen, Tim Brown, and more. Plus accommodations at five-star LA hotels and food by the great Wolfgang Puck. It's really the whole package. Food, visit onlocationexp.com slash SB56 for more information on Super Bowl or search Super Bowl on location. Uh, again, that's onlocationexp.com slash SB56 or search Super Bowl on location. Welcome back into Locked On Big Ten. Everything you need to know about the conference every day of the week, Monday through Friday. For recapping the weekend of basketball, what you might have missed and what you need to know from all of these matchups as we take a look at some box scores and just give you some of my thoughts about what happened across the weekend on the hardwood. We're going to start off with the biggest game of the weekend. Ohio State faced off against Wisconsin. Jay Stevens uh, busy over the weekend, of course, covering Ohio State stuff, unable to get with us here on a Monday show. We're going to get him back next week, I promise you, as we'll get ahead of t things and, and try and figure out his schedule and when things work. But we will have Jay in to, of course, talk about this Ohio State basketball team that right now is looking pretty good after beating up on a Wisconsin team that had had a start to the season hot on its own. So Ohio State beats Duke, now gets Wisconsin at home and wins too. Again, these are home wins, so you take with it what you will. It's a lot easier to win at home, but Ohio State's been taking care of business when it's had the opportunities. Let's dive into this final, 73-55. Ohio State's outscoring Wisconsin by 13 in this second half to end up closing things out. Only a five-point game at halftime. On the box score, EJ Liddell scored 28 points for the Buckeyes. Johnny Davis scored 24 for Wisconsin. Brad Davison followed up with 13 on the Badgers, and, and Zed Key had 11. He was second highest for Ohio State. I think Buckeyes overall just shot pretty well, 50% from the field, only 31% from three, which isn't terrible, but of course can be better. Uh, they were only 70% from the free throw line, 9 of 13, though, and nothing too terrible or too concerning. Wisconsin itself just didn't shoot well. It only shot 33% from the field, less than 25% from three, 55% from the free throw line as well to back all that up in what was just a bad day for the Badgers. If they just shoot normally, like a average game that they're going to be able to compete with this Ohio State team now how much of it do you want to credit to Ohio State hey they're playing good defense that's why Wisconsin isn't making good shots I don't know but but still I don't expect even with a good defensive day for Wisconsin to shoot that poorly throughout the entire afternoon but I think with Wisconsin and I do think Wisconsin is the team that you take something bigger away from at the final of this game with Wisconsin, I think you have to ask yourself, if you're a Badgers fan, 
Uh, how much of this team do you want to put on Johnny Davis's back? Because Johnny Davis played well. While everyone else was shooting poorly, he shot 11 for 22, 2 of 7 from behind the three-point arc. But at the same time, he took 22 shots. And you know Wisconsin has other talented players, Brad Davison out there, of course, being one of them, who had the second most points on the team. Uh, other players who are going to be able to score this basketball too. So while Johnny Davis has emerged as a star, again, he's someone who's going to be able to make a big impact in the Big Ten this season, at least if he keeps playing the way he has. But if he really, really wants to take over this Wisconsin team, uh, I still think there's a little bit more he needs to show as far as that takeover ability, because... It wasn't enough here today. Wisconsin still got beaten, beat bad by, for instance, an E.J. Liddell who scored more points on less shots. So, if you're Wisconsin, I think you kind of got to ask yourself right now, while having Johnny Davis there and having him be your leader is good, you have to kind of wonder, how much is it going to be all him in these kind of games? Because... You feel like the Badgers would want to spread things out a little bit more. I mean, we'll talk to Astro Lowe about it maybe, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm misjudging what this team has as far as that kind of depth, but we'll see what he ends up saying about this game and others later on in the week. It's going to be interesting to try and find out where Wisconsin goes with that kind of... It just stuck out to me looking at the box score. 22 shots out of him. It was nobody else with double digits other than Davison who shot 12, just more than half. Again, Liddell made his 28 points out of just 16 shots. So, while Davis is that kind of guy, I, I don't know if he's that kind of takeover scorer that Wisconsin needs right now. Like, there are plenty of teams where they have a Johnny Davis kind of guy and they don't have the people around him, and he has to do that. He has to be the 20-shot guy every game. Uh, I don't think Wisconsin's that team. So, I, I gotta kind of wonder, where else can the Badgers go here to a point where it's not Johnny Davis taking more than 20 shots to end up losing by 18 points. That, that's my takeaway from that game. That's what I want to know going forward. That's my biggest question. A team that picked up a big non-conference win over the weekend, Maryland, beat Florida 70-68, to played it tight throughout, and this Maryland team now, I'm hoping, is starting to be what I think everyone was hoping to be when it heard Names like Fats Russell going there. Russell had 19 points in this win over Florida. You've got him, Eric Ayala, shooting well. Really, just the whole team. It's four players, Dante Scott and Hakeem Hart. Both had more than 10 points as well. It was a team effort by Maryland while also holding Florida down to only two players scored in double digits for the Gators. Maryland showing signs of being good. I, I gotta be honest, I haven't put much attention into this Maryland team. I did not watch this game in particular. I, I was going through other games throughout the weekend, I think. I forget what it was exactly, why I couldn't tune into this exact game. But Maryland shoots well. Again, 61% from three. Can't expect that to continue. But 49% overall, 78% from the free throw line. I don't think you can be too upset with those kind of numbers out of a Terrapin team like that. Illinois loses at home. Big takeaway here as Illinois falls to Arizona it is kind of me wondering again, how, how much is Kofi Cokeburn going to be able to help this team? Because it seems obvious now that Illinois isn't what we thought it was. I'm going to get off this point, I guess, now after saying this, because I've talked about this plenty already if you've listened into the show. But it, Illinois was kind of supposed to be decent with Cokeburn there, but now he's going 5 for 15 in this game, only throwing 13 points. Uh, both Trent Frazier and Alfonso Plummer not only 
play better than him, but but just kind of carry him. I, it was in spite of what he was doing out on the court that Illinois was in this game. Coburn did not play well. Uh, again, he had 13 rebounds. He's got these 13 points. He's going to be able to do what he can do. But against the best teams, I mean, I mean, I don't know how you can say that he's going to be a game changer. And that's, I think, the kind of boost that Illinois got when he announced he was coming back. Maybe a little bit undeservedly so. Again, I talked about that plenty. I'll get off it right now. Uh, another team struggling, Michigan, of course, lost again on the, or I'm sorry, no, at home, at home to Minnesota. Is the Gophers a team that is nothing, really? It, it's nothing what it was last year. It, it comes in this season and, again, is starting five new players aside from Eric Curry, who ends up with two points just in this game. But everybody else on Minnesota, Jamison Battle, EJ Stevens, Luke Lowy, Peyton Willis, all get in double figures and all really look like a well-oiled machine against this Michigan team that did not have an answer. Illinois, or Minnesota shoots more than 50% from the field. A team like that in Michigan should not be allowing a team like Minnesota at this point in the season or really at any point, but especially at this point, to be doing something like that. We'll talk more with Isaiah Hole again about what's going on with Michigan basketball, but that's later in the week. Right now, I... I'm just really, really confused as to why Michigan in particular hasn't been able to put this together. We'll, we'll ask Isaiah about it later in the week, but good for the Gophers. I don't know what this means if you're a Gopher fan. I don't, again, you're not really expecting anything if you're a Gopher fan, I don't think, this season. But everyone's obviously huge, and right now Minnesota has reason to think that this team actually can compete in the Big Ten. It's got itself a Big Ten win over a team that's supposed to be really good. Has not been, but is supposed to be. Biggest question I want to get into is the Purdue Boilermakers, and we're going to talk about that in just a minute. Purdue got a win over the weekend over NC State, but after losing to Rutgers and only being able to win in overtime against the Wolfpack, we're going to talk about what exactly is it with Purdue, because those are a couple of games that I was able to watch over the course of the last week. What is it with these Boilermakers that isn't clicking in a way that had been earlier on and had had Purdue at the number one spot in the country. That's coming up here in just a minute. You're listening into Locked On Big Ten. Today's show is brought to you in part by Built Bar. Built Bar has everything that you need for your protein needs, whether it be the actual bars, the powders you pour into drinks, gels that you pop in your mouth for that extra burst, anything, really. Head on over to Built.com and see what I'm talking about. They've got new flavors coming out all the time, including holiday-themed flavors as well. So while you're getting that sweet fix in, also make sure that you're staying healthy too by going over to Built Bar. These things don't look like candy bars, people. Go try it out. Head to Built.com and again, use our promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your order. That's LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Built Bar, everything that you need for protein. One more time here on Locked On Big Ten, Nate Dickinson with you. We're here talking Purdue for a moment because the Boilermakers have been a bit of a confusing team. We talked about the rest of the weekend in Big Ten basketball. I want to right now just take a closer look at what the Boilermakers have been doing here because obviously a number one ranking huge, but then the Boilermakers immediately fall off that by losing to Rutgers and then earlier on, uh, what, what was it, Saturday or Sunday? I forget which day of the weekend it was, but anywho, Purdue beats NC State, but it has to go to overtime to take down that Wolfpack team that uh, honestly isn't supposed to be able to compete with a top team in the country this year. Uh, credit to the Wolfpack again, but Purdue's supposed to be able to beat that team a little bit more handily. So what's wrong with this Purdue team? Because this is a couple of games that I've actually been able to sit down and watch. And in both matchups, I, I feel hesitant to be in a panic mode about these Boilermakers. 
because I've seen plenty of top teams that just don't look like they have it together yet. Plenty of teams who, who have started the season just on such a rough note. I mean, we'll talk about Michigan at some point, but teams that are just not doing it to the level that they need to, and it makes you question if they're going to be able to figure it out. I don't feel that way about Purdue watching this team. Sure, there's things that need to get better, obviously, but it doesn't feel like any sort of egregious missteps by the Boilermakers that are causing these losses, which I think wraps around a bigger point that I've been emphasizing for a while now. In the college football season the last couple of years, but in college basketball, it matters even more. The fact that these players, in this season in particular, are now executing those years of eligibility that they got for free with COVID-19, we knew before it would mean more players would come back, but now we're seeing everyone's just a little more talented. So while obviously Purdue losing once and then going to overtime against NC State isn't what you want, and Purdue's a much better team, I think you have to understand that just it may not be that Purdue's ceiling is lower than we thought, but that everybody else's floor is much higher, that anybody's going to be able to come in and knock off a ranked team on any given night, that there's going to be a whole lot more mismatching and swapping around in these rankings than we may be used to in regular years. And again, we're used to all the chaos in the world in the Big Ten. So as it goes forward, I don't know if you need to be panicked about Purdue. I wouldn't be. I would just be a little bit more hesitant to be confident about any team just because of how these rosters are working. There are stacked teams, but the bottom of the barrel teams are also a step up from before. We saw a Minnesota team, again, beat Michigan. When Minnesota, again, Michigan's been struggling on its own, but Minnesota has nobody from its team last year. And that Minnesota team wasn't great. This is a team made up of D2 transfers and JUCO transfers. Some guys were just in the city of Minneapolis playing, so Minnesota brought them in. It's not a group of players who have played together and certainly not at a Big Ten level before. But they beat that Michigan team. It's just, I think, again, an idea that there's a more condensed talent all around college basketball to the point where the, the bottom lower guys are going to be able to have a better chance just on a night-to-night -night basis against these big teams than I think you might have expected. I still expect the best teams to be the best at the end of the season and play like that, but I wouldn't be surprised if we saw upsets that, I, again, I don't know how you can be unexpected with what you've seen in college basketball before, but maybe upsets uh, unlike any other we've seen. I, again, hard to find. We'll have more on all that, of course, as the season goes on, and I'm sure plenty more crazy games to get to. And we'll be back tomorrow, of course, here on Locked On Big Ten to chat more about anything that goes on in the conference. Nate Dickinson with you here. Thanks for making Locked On Big Ten your first listen every weekday, Monday through Friday. We'll be back tomorrow here for a Tuesday show on Locked On.